Welcome in. It is a day late, hopefully not a dollar short edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I'm AJ Hoffman, joined as I'm always joined by the real underscore G Warner, also known as Griffin Warner. Griffin, how are you, my man? I'm doing well. It's nice to see you on a Friday. Uh, you know, uh, got some sun outside, which is usually it's the dead of night when we're recording. So uh, this can only <laughs> go up in the right direction. Yeah, a little uh, scheduling snafu as I had to do the uh, the Dream Pod last night. And here we are uh, on a Friday. Um, wasn't a ton on Friday's card anyway. Uh, you know, Dayton is playing. I actually, I bet against, I'm going to give out my my entire pregame card today, which I did not make available for purchase. So you had to be a subscriber or you have to listen to this show. Uh, I played... Um, Loyola plus one and a half hosting Dayton uh, Loyola we, we've talked about off air is just kind of like they got really good really fast and I, I didn't see it coming and yet here they are uh, and I think it's, it sets up for a good spot for them and then I played uh, Cornell minus three and a half at Penn who is absolutely dead and I think the market is saying well Cornell's got a big game with Princeton on Saturday and they do but if if they lose to Penn, it doesn't even matter what they do on Saturday. So Penn is a corpse. The only team they've beaten in the Ivy is Harvard. So um, I, uh, I I bet Cornell minus three and a half last night, assuming that we get a good effort from them today. But we don't know the results because like Griffin said, it's the middle of the day and um, we've got no idea what's going to happen this evening. So what we are going to do, because we're a day late, Griffin promised this on uh, X that we would do an extra game. Wasn't in my plans, but that's okay. Because it turns out that uh, one of the five games that we landed on is also my best bet. So it, it's we're get, it's a little dual action anyway. Uh, but let's jump into these. Before we let's do that, start- before we do that, oh, okay. I think people are going to be really happy that we were a day late because you just gave out a card to all our listeners. You know, that, that's pretty It's not a bad deal, you know? right? I think people not are going to say, hey, deal. why don't you just uh, forget about the college basketball podcast more often and just record it on Friday so we can get free cards. <laughs> well, here's the deal. We're going to start in the SEC. And Griffin, you know what that means. I, I could finish more. the line. Do you want me to? Uh, or but is unfortunately, that... that's the okay. one line that we don't have. It's I, I just we don't have the line available. It still means more, but apparently it doesn't mean more to bet online because they're slow <laughs> with the odds on it. Uh, but we're going to project Alabama a three point home favorite uh, against Tennessee. And this is a really interesting matchup. I'm I'm feeling like I'm getting suckered in, Griffin. This happens to me every couple of years. Uh, I don't think it happened last year, but certainly the year before. There comes a time in every season where Rick Barnes' team starts to look so good that I say, maybe it's different. Maybe this time. And here I am again, and I'm starting to feel that way, feel that funny feeling in my plums Mm. about the Tennessee Volunteers. And I know this will lead to heartache uh, come March. And I guess this game will be played March 2nd. So maybe it's it's, I'm I'm getting it now. But after what they did to Auburn, uh, I'm I'm feeling good about this Vols team. And, And then even the fact that they went on the road and blew out Kentucky at Kentucky, like those aren't fluke wins. Um, so I feel like they can hang in this game. 
I think it's going to be an up and down game. I, my big concern for I think Alabama is going to shoot well. Obviously, they they always shoot well at home. My big concern though for Alabama is I don't know that they can stop. And this sounds crazy to say about a Tennessee Volunteers team because we haven't said this in years. I don't know that they can stop Tennessee's transition offense, and it feels like Tennessee just runs, runs, runs. And Alabama's defense is poor. Uh, normally, when we talk about Nate Oates teams, like we're looking at defeat, like it, this, it's it's kind of the opposite of Tennessee when you think about it. Like last year, Alabama was third in defense per Ken Palm, twentieth in offense, and now they're first in offense, a hundredth in defense. And normally we're looking at Tennessee as the the strong defensive team that's that's better in offense. They're they're both. I mean, they're kind of in the same boat right now. Although Tennessee, I think, is still significantly better. I mean, they're they're fourth defensively, but they've just got more offense than they they've ever had. I'm I'm be, I'm a believer in this Tennessee team. I know it's going to hurt me, uh, but I think Dalton Connect may be. I, I mean, you can make an argument the best. He's having the best non-Zach Eady season in college basketball. Uh, and then when you surround him with the guys like like Ziegler and uh, Adu and, and uh, Vescovy, like all these experienced guys, it feels like this is a team that's built for, for right now. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, it's all going to come down to how does Zakai Ziegler play in the tournament. I, I think he's the most important guy uh, for, for, like in the actual tournament. But right now, I don't have anything to say bad about this team, so I, I would actually lean to Tennessee catching some points here, even on the road. Well, I think our listeners will also be impressed by the erotic Friday turns of the show as well, which is uh, not something I expected about Rick Barnes <laughs> and his teams, but you know, the rock fights can only continue for so long. But um, I think Alabama is still one of those teams that are really hard for me to figure out. I think they are talented. They can beat a lot of teams, of course, uh, but I don't know if they can beat the really good ones. And I got to say the interior, Grant Nelson, I feel like he's a great player, was awesome in the Summit Conference at North Dakota State, has put up really good numbers in the SEC. Um, but I just don't know that I really trust him against big front lines like Tennessee has. And I mean, Tennessee was was really struggling with Janai Broom at, against Auburn at home midweek. Uh, Going to be a very tough bounce back from an Auburn win that was really tough. Somehow Tennessee covered that spread. I still don't really know how. Uh, but I guess you could probably point to, to connect and, and what he was able to do offensively in the second half. Um, I, I don't know necessarily what type of price I would need to get involved with Tennessee here because I do think they can win this game. Uh, I just feel like it's going to be too short of a, a projection already. And I don't even know what the number would be that I'd feel comfortable because I feel like Alabama at home – are one of the scariest teams to fade because they can really, if they make a bunch of threes, they're going to run away and hide from almost anybody. Tennessee could go shot for shot with them, but I think we still would probably prefer the Alabama offense in that venue than Tennessee's. Um, I think I'm looking forward to, to, and kind of hoping that Alabama wins this game going away. And then maybe we get some value coming forward on Tennessee against Alabama uh, either in those directions. Cause I, I just don't know if I trust Alabama at this point in the season. And if, it's March 1st. If we don't trust them yet, I feel like it's it's too hard for me to really When's get it there. coming? Yeah, ex exactly. I think Tennessee, I mean, the past is the past, yes, and there's a lot to argue. And I've had my, believe me, I've had my time with Rick Barnes. But I, I think Zakai Ziegler being healthy this year, knock on wood, hopefully that continues. Um, 
And with Connect, it kind of takes the the really the responsibility of the three point shooter off of uh, Santiago Vescovi, who really is just going to be a guy where if he performs well, Tennessee's really hard to beat. If he doesn't, it isn't the end of their season like it has been in the past. It's, it's gravy for him. Like he's he, good performance for him is gravy. Like they they're a good team if he plays well. They're or and they're a great team or they're a great team if he plays well. Good team if he doesn't. So which is you're, like you said, it's unique for this team. All right, let's take a look at the Big Ten, and we've got Illinois at Wisconsin, and this line is currently sitting at Wisconsin minus two and a half. (sighs) Someone asked me this week, for name a couple teams that you think could be a title, like that you would play a future on that are longer than 25 to one. And I came up with three, and one of the three was Illinois at 30-1. to Like, I feel like Illinois, and this is a team you and I have talked about a lot off off the air, too. And, I mean, you know I'm a a fan of Brad Underwood, although much like Rick Barnes, it always ends in pain. (laughs) Um, But this is such a talented team with Terrence Shannon. And if – it, like I mean, Domask is so good. I think Dane Danger could could be great if he got more playing time. Uh, Coleman Hawkins needs to go back to being the Coleman Hawkins that he was early in the season. Like he's been pretty rough on defense the last couple times I've seen them, but they have enough talent that they I feel like they can compete with anybody on their best day. A, a little bit weak on the defensive side, but then when I look at Wisconsin, man, this feels like a team that. A month or two ago, I thought this was probably the best Big Ten team non-Purdue category. Everything apparently like leaves out Purdue or Zach Eady. There's the best player non-Zach Eady, best uh, Big Ten team non-Purdue. But man, what a rough stretch they've gone through Wisconsin. They've lost six of their last eight. Uh, and only one of those is at home, and that was to Purdue. So there's no shame in it, but... The two wins are at home against Ohio State and Maryland, so I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna throw a party for them for winning those games. Now, laying points at home to the team that has now firmly established themselves as the second best Big Ten team in Illinois. Do you, do you trust Wisconsin at home? Is home court enough? To, to overlook what they've done the last few weeks. I don't think so. It, it's enough for me to probably stay away from Illinois, especially after seeing their inability to close some games out. I mean, you could argue that maybe the Penn State thing was just randomness or uh, maybe there was just one thing that happened and they've learned from it. Uh, I just feel like there's still no point guard on the Illinois basketball team, and their point guard is really a point center. And I don't know that that works really well late in games, unfortunately. So... Um, along those lines, I think Wisconsin's struggles this year are the most concerning for me. Um, and I've been really just short home favorites in my strategy. And that was working very, very well all season. I think I kind of alluded to feeling a little bit more uneasy about that lately. And, uh, I haven't had a great run the last few days and, and Obviously, that's a small sample size, but I think it points to maybe we're at this point in the year where there's not a lot of value on these home teams, and these home favorites that are slight. I think this is one of those where um, I was not expecting Wisconsin to be even this big of a favorite just based on how poorly they've played. And I feel like there are huge limitations on Wisconsin in general. 
Uh, I do think the Cole Center is tough to go get a win in, so that's going to make it really hard. If you're backing Illinois here, you're probably expecting them to win straight up, but I would recommend taking the points if you're doing it. Uh, I just think from... From my perspective, this is a big like watch and learn game to see if Wisconsin could potentially right the ship because a lot of these teams that are, are playing really poorly going into postseason, um, maybe they have the conference tournament or the last few games to turn that around. But ultimately, when you start leaking oil in late February or even, I guess, probably beginning of February in Wisconsin's case, it's really hard to turn on those jets all of a sudden or, or turn that that ship around. I think you're sinking, and uh, unfortunately, the, t- the Titanic doesn't doesn't uh, get rid of water very well. Yeah, I think we we kind of see the same thing here. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be on Illinois if if for some reason it, we see a three. I, I think I I might actually take a little little taste of them. Uh, I just don't like what I've seen from Wisconsin. It's hard for me to. I mean, AJ, AJ store is good. Tyler wall is good. They're just not guy. They're not dudes. And I mean, Terrence Shannon is, is a dude. I I mean, I think I texted you one day, like this guy is unreal. And you're like, well, it helps that he's like, you know, a a 20th year senior. And it it does. (laughs) Uh, but, but my goodness, like he, when he, like I say, when he's on his game, he's one of the four or five best players in the country. Like he's that, that level of a guy. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think Wisconsin has an answer for that. So I'm not interested in backing them here. I, I they, like you said, leaking oil is a good word. I, I think they're, they're limping into the tournament and they're going to make the tournament, but I don't worry about them. I, I don't look at them as a, like a second weekend team. I, I in fact, it's it, to me, it's almost impossible for them to be a second weekend team. This show is sponsored by better help. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. 
And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. All right, let's look at a Big East matchup here between Creighton and Marquette and two teams who seem to have maybe found something. Uh, We're looking at a line here that is, oh, it's moving. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is now Creighton minus four and a half. Uh, When I texted you before we started this pod, it was Creighton minus three and a half. So there's some... Serious money coming in on the Blue Jays. Who ha- These are two teams that I like a lot and have kicked me in the balls over and over <laughs> and over this season. I, when I have bet against them, they have given their best performances, and when I have bet on them, they have given their worst. Now they play each other. Mm. Um, the first matchup was a solid game. Uh, I mean, Creighton lost by five at Marquette, and it was a game that, like, I don't know, I don't want to say it like, came down to the wire, but Creighton jumped out to a big early lead. I think they were up by, by double digits in the, in the first five or six minutes. And then slow, it, I, I won't say a melt, but it was a slow fade of Creighton's offense. And it, it became Baylor Shireman shooting, and he was the only one. And uh, we've seen a lot lately of Steven Ashworth making big shots and he's become very key for their offense. But that day they, they shot 37% from three uh, Baylor Shireman was seven of 13. The team was 12 of 32. So that's, I'm going to do some quick math, five of 19 for the rest <laughs> of those guys, not going to get it done. Nope. Um, and they also turned the ball over 18 times in that game. So uh, you you get out rebounded, you you lose a turnover battle, and you don't shoot all that well outside of one guy. You lose those games. Now we flip. You know, we go from five serve out out to to the land of corn, uh, out to Omaha. But do we do you expect this Marquette team to stay hot even on the road as they've I mean, they, they again, they're on a bit of a tear. The only loss they've had in seems like the last two months was the, the loss at UConn. And it was a memorable loss. Um, but we remember right after UConn won that game, they went to this same Creighton building and got blown out. Uh, what, what do you expect in this matchup? Uh, do, do you see this as a, a another great home spot? For the Jays, I do. I think it seems like the cream has risen to the top in the Big East. Though Creighton took on a fair amount of water early with a bunch of losses that were kind of unexpected. And what I think it does is it primes them and sets us up for potentially a deep run in the Big East tournament, and maybe in March in the big tournament, um, not the East one, the the national one. Um, I think. The Creighton win against UConn, they shot the lights out. And it's hard to reproduce that. But I think that just demonstrating that against the best team in the country at that point, I think showed enough to betters, odds makers, everyone that there is that possibility in this matchup. And I think that's a big enough concern for anyone backing Marquette 
alongside the lopsided Marquette loss to Connecticut, which seemed to kind of spiral out of nowhere and didn't really even seem like it was that dominant of a win. And then I looked up and the score was gigantically different. So I think Marquette is a very talented team that has a pick and roll type of offense that is almost impossible to defend. I do feel like Creighton is one of those teams that have uh, a guy in Ryan Kalkbrenner that is able to potentially uh, maybe not stop it, but quiet it or make it less efficient and I think what Creighton has done all season, I actually watched an interview with Greg McDermott recently where literally their whole plan, and it seems obvious in, in the statistics, but it's that they run shooters off the three-point line and force them to go score over Kalkbrenner. Uh, I don't think that Marquette has enough shooters on the perimeter. I mean, yes, if David Joplin all of a sudden gets super hot, um, but that's a, a big if, I think, especially away from home. Uh, I don't think the pick and roll is enough. So I think it's going to be a real test for Marquette supporting cast. And I just don't believe that there's enough of it that is uh, able to win this game. And with a spread, even at four and a half, I feel like that's too small. Um, there's certainly some possibility to lose and cover that spread, but I think it's very low probability event. So I think in, in most of this sport, you see in the NFL, you're basically picking winners uh, when spreads are this small. Um, so I think Marquette probably are a little bit too expensive for me at four and a half. If that, if that climb is indeed where it sticks, but anything lower than that, I think I'm into, into, into Creighton. Oh yeah. I I think we feel similarly. I, I will say this about Marquette in the last week or two, I've, I've started to look at Marquette as a team. And again, Oh yeah. Buy into a shock, a smart team in the tournament. Uh, I'm starting to buy into Marquette as a team that I think can make a run. Like, so I, 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 it's hard to sometimes separate, especially this time of year, uh, separate your thoughts on what a team's ceiling is versus what a one game, you know, on, on a clear home court uh, is going to look like. Cause you have to remember, you know, they're not going to have to go play in Omaha uh, for, in the tournament. So, and, I, I think- and at this point, Tyler Kolick seemingly has two working hands, which I think that might even offer us some value in the, in the NCAA tournament next year and shock smart struggles, all those things combined. When I feel like when they pretty much were relying on a point guard who couldn't use one of his hands uh, that does, I think bode well for Marquette and the tournaments going forward. All right, let's go out west, and we've got Gonzaga at St. Mary's. The matchup everyone in this conference has been waiting for, and Gonzaga is a two-and-a-half-point dog right now on the road, which it speaks to how well Gonzaga's played. I mean, the the start to their season, they just didn't look like even a good team. There was thoughts at one point they wouldn't be a tournament team. Uh, I think now, I think getting the win actually last night at San Francisco, although San Francisco stupidly played that <laughs> in an NBA arena instead of their home floor, you know, in really Brilliant. a must win, a must win situation for them. But I think that winning that game and winning at Kentucky, uh, th- that's enough to get Gonzaga into the field safely. So I don't know that this result matters all that much. I think the WCC will still be a two bid league. Um, but St. Mary's obviously playing for seeding, and they're carrying the the longest win streak in the country. 16 straight games they've won. They are 15-0 in conference. I think the idea of, of finishing up an unbeaten WCC season would be big for them on their home floor. Um, give me your thoughts on this matchup and how St. Mary's is playing right now. And uh, Because I, it felt like the, a couple weeks ago, whenever they played San Francisco at home, and San Francisco almost had them, 
I was like, ooh, maybe they're maybe we're starting to see some chinks in the armor. And they play. I mean, the win at Gonzaga, it's it's any win at the Kennel is a great win, but it was so close. Here at home, with laying the short number, do you, do you trust St. Mary's to to finish the job, if you will? I think so. Um, they, to me, well, from what I watched in that San Francisco game last night, I think I watched it start to finish because uh, I had given out uh, San Francisco as my best bet. That was a brutal, uh, literally led the entire half and then had a really bad, like behind the back pass right to end the first half that was thrown out of bounds. Gonzaga takes the lead, takes a little momentum and then goes on like a 25 to one run. It felt like, or at least 22 to three, I think at one point, but they didn't count the like points before the half regardless. Um, disgusting. And I felt that San Francisco just had no answer for Graham EK and, St. Mary's, like, literally that's what they have. They have a team of really big individuals inside, and they're going to make Graham E.K. really work. Um, I think that's – it's possible that Graham E.K. I mean, he, he basically took with, uh, that Wyoming team a couple seasons ago before he missed last season with an injury. He basically took them to the NCAA tournament on his back with post moves, which is, like, completely 1980s basketball compared to 2022 or whenever it was being played. So um, can't doubt him, but I still doubt the the cast surrounding uh, Graham E.K. And that's just a lot of young guards that don't really seem that great. They played well last night, but I think that was, it took him a half to do that. And I don't think you can do that at St. Mary's. So uh, I think St. Mary's at home should have a really great crowd. Maybe this is a payback situation for Gonzaga. And I think this win will get them in the tournament. If there's any questions about it, I do think, there are some questions a little bit more than you're saying, but who knows with bracketologists at this point, uh, I don't know who's paying who or, or who has some sort of say in the matter. But uh, from my perspective, like South Florida getting all of a sudden magically in after being not even in a conversation just a week ago was incredible to me. But regardless, um, that's another thing. I just think St. Mary's is the team I want to back here. I think two and a half is too short. Uh, and I'm willing to go back to the well that, that just turned me away so rudely uh, if Gonzaga are going to really be that that short of a price. Because I think St. Mary's, yes, they were a little bit bigger of an underdog at the kennel in Spokane. And maybe you could argue that there's less value at St. Mary's, but uh, it's enough for me to play. All right. Let's uh, before we get to best bets where we are going to do our fifth game, because I, I want to get your thoughts on on my best bet as well, because it is one of the marquee games this weekend. Uh, let's tell the people how they can save some money at pregame.com, Griffin. Yeah, let's use the promo code. Now, I just want to make sure I'm getting the right one because we did get an updated list. Sorry. Give me one second for that one. But it uh, looks like this is correct. Okay, so use the promo code TOP20. Good for 20% off all listeners of this college basketball podcast. Good for seven days in the podcast release. So it's March. Easy for me to do the math. You have until the 8th of March, but don't wait. Season's starting. Well, it started. Uh, conference tournaments are starting on Monday. Yeah. There's no time to wait. You got the rest of the, the year. Packages are up. Um, jump in for a month. Jump in for a week. Jump in for a weekender, but save 20%. Use the promo code TOP20. Good to save 20% off and get you in the game with AJ, myself, and a great team of college basketball analysts all at pregame.com. I think it combined, you and I, this season at pregame are up right around 100 units. So Let's keep that going. Not, not too shabby, friends. Yeah. Uh, all right, for my best bet, I'm going to go with the Baylor Bears, a team that for some reason... I still have faith in, and I love that they bounced back and got a win on the road after the the Houston game where, listen, Houston's going to make a lot of really good offenses look bad. And the first half of that Houston game was was prime Houston basketball. They mugged Baylor. 
they forced a bunch of turnovers and they were at home. So no fouls were called. And it, it, it's going to be that way uh, when you play Houston in Houston. And I, I don't hate it because I, I like that Houston team quite a bit. Uh, I hated it a little bit because I had Baylor in that game. But the second half, ba- Baylor fought back, got back in the game. And really, if Missy hits a free throw at the end of the game, they win that game. Uh, we don't have to worry about them going away in overtime. Like a, I mean, like, I think I mentioned the first time in history a uh, an underdog has lost in overtime. I've never seen it happen before. Um, but here against Kansas, I, 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 all the reports I'm reading about Baylor right now are that uh, Langston Love is headed back this weekend, and it's just in time for the Kansas game just in time for Texas and Texas tech. Those are, I mean, this, this lineup of the last three games and the conference tournament, if you go to Baylor, these are the games you came to Baylor to play. And I I think he's, he's going to make a difference, but the truth is Kansas is just not Kansas. We've talked about them a lot this season about their, like how many good players they have. And I, I credit where it's due to Johnny Furphy, like who's, come out of nowhere and and went from being like a a scrub at the end of the bench to like a really impactful guy, but he doesn't make up for Kevin McCuller and Johnny Furphy's home road splits are strong uh, in favor of, of him playing in fog. I just think as long as Kevin McCuller's not on the floor, this Kansas team is just very meh and watching Hunter Dickinson miss all those free throws against BYU. Like it, He's tired, man. This dude is tired of uh, – I'm not saying like he's fed up with carrying a team. I think he is physically tired of carrying this team. And um, I, I think as long as there's no McCuller, I certainly don't want to play them on the road. Uh, they have won two road games in conference play this year. That is against Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Those are the dregs, really, of the Big 12 – and Baylor is still not that, despite the, like I said, the rough first half. This is still a team I believe in. I still think they're going to run. They're going to get their offense. Are they bad defensively? Yeah, they are. But I, I, I still think they're well coached. And, and in their building, I think the, I think Baylor is the, the home crowd is going to be hyped here. Uh, so give me Baylor minus four, four and a half. Uh, there's both those numbers available in the market right now. So uh, I like the Bears to get the job done. What do you think of this Baylor-Kansas matchup? Uh, I'm with you. I think uh, interesting. I don't know if that was a Freudian slip or you're just calling him uh, Eve's Missy now instead of Missy. Missy, uh, yeah. Because that miss was pretty brutal at the end. Uh, Yeah, I I think – I mean, KU, great bounce back spot potentially um, after somehow choking out that game against BYU. But I think you point it, even if McCullough returns for this game, um, there was whispers by someone sitting next to me on my Southwest flight uh, going up to Kansas City last weekend. And uh, that, that it wasn't a McCullough thing was like hoping for the Big 12 tournament. Uh, and if it's hoping for that, then I'm not sure if he does come back. I think it takes him a little while to get to shed some of that rust anyway. And later it gets in the season. If he's not back, I just wonder if it's like a, a situation like we saw with, with Marcus something Marcus uh, from Houston last year that came back in the NCAA tournament, but really wasn't himself. Marcus Shaver or something like that. Anyway, um, I'm with you on Baylor. I think they are the side I want here. And I just don't think that Kansas is really 
um, got the the talent this year that they always do. And you've mentioned about the depth and, and maybe this is a situation where Hunter Dixon needs a rest. Uh, they have no ability to do that. And I think Misi plus Ojawana behind him are also, uh, maybe even Caleb Lohner can all just come in and, and provide fouls or physicality. And that makes it even harder for Kansas to go to a new venue at Baylor to get that victory. So I, I'm with you. I was hoping to get Baylor cheaper and we'll be waiting for that potentially. All right, where are you going for your best bet? I've been ping-ponging this uh, Virginia Tech team for a while, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna back them at home. Uh, let's say a small favorite. Can you remind me what we have for a number there? We're gonna like go two? With the minus two. Yeah, let me actually let me check and make sure that they are, there's not an actual number posted. And I mean, we I love uh, when that happens. How about I'm gonna give you even better, friend? Virginia Tech. Plus one and a half right now is available. So you get a plus number. Great. I was expecting Great. Virginia Tech to be a short uh, favorite, actually. See, and this is what happens when we're do- recording daylight. You get free A.J. Hoffman cards. You also get to the to the like second numbers, which is pretty nice. Uh, I'll take Virginia Tech as a small favorite all the way to minus three, but uh, would certainly love plus one and a half right now. I don't seem to have access to it, but I'm going to be looking around and uh, – I'm going, to, I'm going to be looking under uh, under rocks and, and trying to find where these things are so I can grab some of them, these little creepy crawlers. But ultimately, Wake Forest, to me, got a huge win um, against Duke. But I just don't know that they're the same team on the road. They've really struggled all year in picking up quad one wins. Uh, losing at Notre Dame, not great on Tuesday. And I feel like uh, the road woes continue. Virginia Tech, not a great performance on the road at Syracuse midweek. Uh, but that's really who they are. They've just been a really good three-point shooting team that don't shoot as well away from home, but they do it really great in the castle, which I feel like I saw some sort of clip, maybe it was against Virginia in that game, where they interviewed all these ACC players, and everyone said that Castle Coliseum in uh, Western Virginia uh, was the spot where everything was the worst in Blacksburg, that that's exactly where you don't want to go to try to get a victory. I think Wake Forest is going to have a really tough time potentially changing around their luck away from home. Um, and yes, Wake Forest is good. Yes, they look like a tournament team. Virginia Tech does not, but uh, they're fighting and will fight till the death. And they've got great guard play that if they make enough shots, I think they can run away and hide from this Wake team. So lay uh, up to minus three on Virginia Tech when this number settles, but the one and a half that's available right now, I will take it as my best bet, Virginia Tech. Uh, trying to get them two straight podcasts with a, uh, a victory on or against Virginia Tech. All right, there you go. Uh, and just a, a quick update back to, you know, 20, 30 minutes ago, uh, Tennessee and Alabama opened as a pick em. What are your, What's your initial thought when I tell you that? I mean, that's too cheap for – I think Alabama's going to climb from there. Uh, I get it. I understand it because everyone loves Tennessee, and Tennessee's look great, had a great performance against Auburn. I think – I mean, not having to lay any points, I'm pretty interested in Alabama. I don't love the price uh, or I don't love the idea of fading Tennessee um, without any sort of type of plus number in front of it in general, but I don't think that's ever a realistic scenario in Tuscaloosa. So give me Alabama, pick them. Uh, I might even bet it. Yeah. I, I think I'm still going to steer clear, but I, I can't say that I, I'm certainly not interested in Tennessee. Like I said, I would, I would have considered flirting with them. If I got three uh, at a pick them, I will pass. All right. That's going to do it for another episode. We should be back on normal schedule uh, for Sunday, but I'm actually glad this worked out because we got real numbers. Uh, not my predictions, which are usually okay. Uh, usually not by, not off by 
three and a half points like my Virginia Tech number would have been. So I'm, 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 I'm really <laughs> glad about that. Uh, but I'm also glad because we got to dig into some some extra games. And this is a, I, I think Saturday tomorrow's card is elite. Like it's this is a fantastic card. So I, I think there's good games all day. So uh, I, I'm I'm glad to uh, sit here and break them down with you, Griffin. Thank you as always. Thanks to you guys for listening. And like I said, we will talk to you on Sunday. Good luck out there.